Hello and welcome to the Love You Always podcast, a place you can come back to and receive inspiration, wisdom, and new insights from women who lead with love. I adored this conversation. It's with a dear friend and coach, Sarah Miller. I found Sarah on Instagram about two years ago and was drawn to her energy and what she was sharing about human design. I ended up doing a human design coaching session with her, and I remember leaving feeling so seen and so supported. I now come back to what she has taught me as a way to live more in alignment with my energy and create stronger boundaries. She is such a powerful entrepreneur, coach, and creator. In this episode, you will learn what is human design and where it came from, along with Sarah's experience of letting go of her identity and beliefs that she had been holding onto for the first three decades of her life. Also, re-choosing who she wants to be without restriction, working with her shadows and self-doubt, not against them, and how you can use human design in all areas of your life. This is such a wonderful and juicy episode. I cannot wait to hear your feedback. So if you do have any feedback or thoughts, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me as at elizabettacoaching at gmail.com. Love you always. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Betta. So nice to see you. So beautiful to see you as well. Thank you so much for being here. I wanted to share with our listeners where you are in the world and what time it is for you versus for me, because I think it's an interesting dynamic. (laughs) I'm in the US and it's 8 p.m. And where are you? And I'm in Bali and it's 8 a.m. And it's a good question, actually, because I tend to move around quite a lot. So currently, I feel like this is my soul place. Um, Mm. So yeah, it's 8 a.m. for me. So I'm going to want to get into that. However, Mm. before we get started, would love for you to share who you are. Good question. It's always (laughs) a good question, isn't it? Um, Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. I am Sarah and I'm English. I currently live in Bali and I've been living nomadically for some years now. I'm a human design practitioner and a behavioral and mindset coach. So where to begin with who I am? I guess I'm something of a free spirit. Um, I'm somebody who's very passionate about women and women in business and not just women in business, actually, but just women who are living on purpose, you know, uh, seeking something higher than to contribute to the world. Um, I'm somebody who's a really big advocate of health, mindset, spirituality, learning, personal growth. Um, and I'm also quite a simple girl at heart as well. You know, somebody who's just quite simple at heart. I just like the really, if I've got sunshine and good healthy food and a couple of really good friends around me, then I'm pretty happy. Um, I'm a projector for those of you who know what that means. I'm sure that we'll get into the human design conversation and I'm a, a Libra. 
So for anybody else who follows astrology and human design, knowing that I'm a mental projector and a double Libra always gives people quite a lot of insight into who I am quite quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's it in a tiny little nutshell. Yes, but so much. <laughs> so much. And I really appreciate how you describe yourself and who you are. I I've known you for some time now, not a lot, mm-hmm. but for some time virtually. Yeah. And I do see all of that in you. And so um, it's quite powerful to even hear how well you know yourself and how you and your energy is shared with the world. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I would love to slow down and actually dive into more of the story of 10 years ago, five years ago, of maybe when you weren't where you are today and how you started to build that muscle of knowing yourself and then inching towards getting to where you are today. What was that like? Yeah, it's it's such a good question because I think certainly when somebody asks you who you are, how I answer now would be very different to how I would have answered 10 years ago. And who I am now is this huge amalgamation of all of those different parts of myself that have come on the journey. 10 years ago is actually a really good time to look at because... 10 years ago, I had just broken up from a seven-year partnership and it felt like maybe the first in a small series of adult awakenings for me, if you like. Um, Not that by any means that was a bad relationship. It was a really beautiful, secure, stable, loving relationship. But at that moment in my life, I had reached a point whereby I was working as a fashion buyer in London. I was in this beautiful relationship and the next steps were very clearly laid out in front of me. And I think a lot of people are now emerging onto this journey. Um, But I was chasing, chasing, chasing the next steps in my career, the next milestones in money, buying a property. Okay, now let's get married. Okay, now after that will obviously be a baby. And it's not to say that any of these things are wrong by any stretch of the imagination, but it is to say that they weren't mine. And there was absolutely a part of me that was saying, I can have all of this because it was almost too easy to tick those boxes. It's almost too easy to chase that stuff and I woke up one day and I pretty much had a voice in my head saying you know this isn't it you know this isn't it but I had arrived so deeply into a place where I felt I guess quite restricted I had all those things and to let all of those things go was scary um, and confronting. But also once I'd had the voice, it was actually very difficult for me to not look at that. So it actually started happening very quickly. I moved out of the relationship. I stayed with the job for a few more years after that because I actually in places felt very fulfilled and energized by it. And I still had something to achieve from that. But I started traveling alone. I started moving into new types of relationships. I started moving very quickly up the career ladder because I did feel at that point in my life quite quite powerful, I suppose, in, in the workspace. Um, 
I was really good at what I do. And I found that easy to just keep moving with. And the more I moved up, the more I realized the satisfaction wasn't there. The gratification wasn't there. What I was moving to within the company was so far out of alignment with my personal priorities, because a big corporate company like that is about money. And it is about um, you are disposable as a person. There is no heart within that space. It's leadership. It's money. It's a different type of energy. And I was all about health and wellness and mindset. And I was all about fun and joy. And I started to separate uh, from my career because those elements of the, that were my true strong values just weren't able to be there. So then I, I left the UK and I started traveling and I moved over to Australia. And it was at that point that my career actually became extremely toxic, very, very toxic. And I guess you could call it a bit of a spiritual barbed wire fence whereby, you know, the pokes were just getting louder and louder and it was causing me more pain and more disruption. My anxiety was absolutely through the roof. And even though I saw myself as this healthy person, I had a very dark side um, that was behind closed doors that nobody else ever really got to be a part of. There was a lot of drinking. There was a very, very toxic relationship with food. There came to also be a toxic relationship with with um, partnership, with love as well. So I was very much living this on the surface kind of fun party life. And then behind closed doors, I was really quite experiencing a lot of trauma and everything was just collecting up for me. So there came a point whereby... I, it all got too much and I, I really couldn't handle everything that was being thrown at me anymore. So I took uh, a week's break and I went to a yoga retreat and I flew to a different part of Australia. And then I had, I guess, what you would call another small awakening. And in the space of that week, I connected so deeply again with me and what matters to me and who I want to be in the world. And that really, really changed and shifted everything for me. That's when I started actually studying coaching and studying nutrition. That's when I started meditating on a full-time basis. That's when I started prioritizing food and um, implementing boundaries in the workspace that hadn't existed before. I gained so much power from that experience, from having the support of that experience. I needed to stay with the career for some time because I was living in a different country, visa restrictions, things like this. As soon as I was able to leave, I left. I moved to Bali, which I'd already identified as being the place which was had held some magic for me. And at that point, I moved over to Bali and then I started studying full time. And then I started, I spent some time in India and I was learning yoga and I was learning meditation. And I was learning breath work. And, and then I was living in Bali where I was meeting all of these phenomenal people that were chasing their dreams and creating businesses and creating art. And then a whole nother journey began and it led me very much to where I am now. It all, it would be too difficult to put into a few uh, sentences other than to say that there was a divine evolution. There was a natural unfolding. There was 
a progression that just kept presenting itself to me. What I would like to say is that I was having a lot of fun, but none of it was, it wasn't easy. It was a whole new type of devotion. And it was meeting myself over and over and cracking myself open and really letting go a whole identity that I had been claiming for the entire first three decades of my life and letting parts of me die and letting go of places and relationships and beliefs and stories and refilling myself with who I want to be, who I choose to be without restriction. Um, yeah, that I guess that's um, that's a, a brief bit about the story, and that kind of ticks off some of the main boxes of the journey from ten years ago to essentially now. Mm. I don't think I've quite heard the evolution. <laughs> yeah. I've heard bits and pieces through your writing, mm. through our conversations, but really hearing the full evolution and the full story mm. and and just history of the places you've been not only physically, but sounds like emotionally. And what I hear is, is there were shadows and there mm. still are shadows. And what I mean by shadows for those who are listening, the parts of us that we hide or that we're ashamed of or scared. Can you let us into that a little bit further? Just show people don't feel like well, that's her life. That was her divine calling. And that I can't find that for myself. Um, so what were some of those early or even still um, emotions or shadows that come up for you that it's a consistent work that you're, you're yeah. working with? I agree with that 100%. It is a consistent work because every time you take a step or you meet a new level, you arrive in a new place, a shadow emerges for you to be able to embrace what it is you now want to embrace and to let go of the piece of you that wants you to stay small because there's a really, really big piece of you that just wants what's familiar and what's easy and what's comfortable and in that essence might be too small for you. So every time you move, be that geographically or emotionally, something comes up. So, gosh, the shadows, a lot of it was people-pleasing for me. A lot of it was caring so, so, so unbelievably much what other people think, but not consciously recognizing that that's what I did, but being bound by my decisions because how will that look? What will people think? What if I fail? What if I get it wrong? And the journey has taught me that you will and you do fail and that failure is an inevitable part of it. And once you can learn to integrate it as a blessing or wisdom or a lesson, uh, you actually move forward much more easily because you're like, failure will arrive. Failure will be there. Failure won't kill me. Actually staying put is going to kill a part of me because it's going to kill the part of me that desires more, that wants bigger, that wants to see things and that won't get to express who she is if I don't take these steps. So the shadows are real. And I think what I had been really good at in my previous life was actually numbing, was using anything and everything, be it fun, be it work, be it alcohol, be it food, to numb the experience of feeling or facing any of my shadows. I would say that my life now is actually 
a lot more emotional in in many ways. Like I meet my emotions and that's not always comfortable. And I have days where I really have to sit and face off with another shadow part of myself that isn't ready to emerge into something bigger. So my life actually feels in many ways more more honest and more emotional because I got so good at suppressing and running away from any anxiety that presented itself to me. So it's a very different way of being with shadows. It's really accepting and embracing them, but they're real. They are real. And I don't, I no longer look at anybody who's successful, no matter who they are or how big they are and think, oh, it's so easy for them. Or um, now I think, wow, what a devotion. What, how many things you must have overcome to get to that stage is, is absolutely um, incredible. But the, the shadows exist on either side. I want to be really clear about that too. It's like to say, if you stay still, there's going to be a part of you that is in pain because of that. And if you move, there's going to be a part of you that is not ready and that is scared. And it's like, it's learning to hold the hands of all those parts of yourself and say, hey, come on. Like, we know, we know we've got this. We know that we've got the, cap- the capacity to achieve what we want. So it's like getting to know all the versions of you and bringing them on the journey. Um, so yeah, facing off with the shadows is a really real part of doing this work, especially I think if you want to be service provider of any kind, like you and I are better because you can really only move as deeply with your clients as you've moved yourself. You can only really empathize with and understand their journey if you've trodden that path yourself. So I would say to be a service provider means that you'll get to look under every rock of who you are. Oh, yes. And there's mm. many rocks. <laughs> yeah. They show up, right? They show up in mm. different times of your life. Mm. Big ones or small ones. Um, mm. I really appreciate you highlighting that. And also highlighting this um, reminder of when you see people that are successful or doing great things or have really massive businesses or whatever that is, looking at it as a wow, they must have done a lot of work and they must still be doing a lot of maybe internal work more than external Mm. work to sustain that devotion and that commitment. Mm. Because I think it's also easy to compare, especially in those early stages, in those early times of when you you get these little um, insights of, ooh, like that's a part of me I want to explore. That's something I want to express. That's an Mm -hmm. idea I want to create. And then you quickly see someone else do it. And there's this comparison. There's this fear of they've already done it or I'm not going to be as good as them. Yeah. So really looking at it as that's their work and your work is unique to you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Mm -hmm. I would love to understand before we get too further, too much further ahead and where you are now, still going back to when did you know you wanted to be a service provider? When did you know you wanted to be and, and remind people of what you do before you mm. kind of share that as well? I love the question because sometimes 
Well, not sometimes. The service provider thing called me. And there's been a part of that journey where I've gone, why? Why? Mm. You know, um, because it isn't easy. And I think, why couldn't I have chosen something easier? You know, I'm using air quotes because nothing is easy. But um, okay, so what I do now is I synthesize human design with somatic practices such as breathwork and meditation but also coaching. I actually think that if you took everything else away, coaching is such an incredibly powerful tool. And I synthesize these things and I predominantly work with women. And essentially what I am, my mission here in life is to help people free their authentic expression, to connect with their deeper purpose, to get to know all of those parts of their self that they've been hiding, that they've been unfamiliar with, so that they can step into their highest, whatever that highest is. You know, if they want to be the best, most superpower mum that they can be, great, let's do that with joy. Let's do that with power. Let's do that with inner leadership. But if they want to run, you know, a huge giant business and go out into the world with a mission, amazing. But let's all do that with authenticity. Let's all do that with integrity. So it's really about leading people who have got a vision that have perhaps been in some kind of transition where whereby they've forgotten their own power a little bit, you know, whereby they've left parts of themselves behind that they're now scared or afraid to step into. And they've got a bit of lack of clarity around who to be that person who can claim and embrace that destiny. Um, Really, that's what I'm doing. And when did I know I wanted to be a service provider? That's what you asked me, right? So It's a funny one because I would say that when I was still in my career as a fashion buyer, I was very much connecting really easily with the fact that, wow, like mindset and health and nutrition and the body and meditation is so powerful because it was all really, really new to me and it felt so exciting. And just by meditating for a few minutes in the morning, I was becoming a new person and I felt so excited and empowered by everything I was learning and actually embodying in my own life that I felt this huge desire to want to share it with people and help people because it doesn't take much to look around the world and realize, wow, everyone's in pain. Like People are suffering. There's, there's real things going on here that people are not ultimately able to enjoy or embrace their lives. So instinctively, that direction felt kind of natural and easy for me. And um, at the point that I finally was able to let go of my corporate career, because that was a real journey in itself, I went out pretty much with this kind of backpack and, you know, this this big happy mindset to another country going, oh, yes, I want to be a service provider. I want to be a coach. I want to help people. And actually, then there became this this step back almost, which was a realization of how deeply complex we are and a realization of um, how different everybody is and how unique I was in my own journey. And there were parts of that journey where I found myself thinking, maybe I should do something else, you know, maybe like maybe this isn't it. And I and I almost was trying to retreat and backtrack and find a product I could make or find an easier business that I could pull together. But I was constantly pulled and called into, okay, now you've learned meditation. Maybe we should learn breathwork. Maybe you've learned breathwork. Maybe now we should learn coaching. And I was just so 
fascinated and am still continually mind blown by learning about humans and by observing humans and being human and wanting to support and guide humans. And then when I actually started moving into kind of pro, uh, pro bono coaching, like working with people for free and working with people at a really low rate just to get to know people and understand if it's what I liked. Sitting with another person and witness that, witnessing them experience transformation and being a part of guiding somebody through that is what called me I guess that's what I kept coming back for and that was the inexplainable piece that my soul I guess was guiding me to which was saying this is what you know how to do this is what you are here to do and you've done this yourself Sarah so give it back you know because I think to be an authentic guide you very much need to have trodden a journey yourself so that you really do deeply understand the needs of another person and the way that it feels. So essentially, I feel like I was very much called and guided into it and everything just kept presenting itself to me, like human design presented itself. And then I was so fascinated that I was in the rabbit hole and I was learning and it was happening. But very much there were parts of me going, don't do it. Stop, stop. Don't go that way because those parts of me was scared to let people down. Those parts of me were scared. What if I wouldn't be good enough? Those parts of me were scared. Like, what if, what if, um, you know, coming out of the kind of spiritual closet, as people say, that's uncomfortable if you've been a, a corporate city girl and all of your friends know you as a partier and like kind of having a good time. That's really uncomfortable to, to be that person, to do that and to have your, your younger brother going, like, what is this? What are you doing? You know, you've got to face up to all that stuff all the time and just say, this is who I am. And this is what I love. And this is what my soul calls me into. And you've got to embrace it. And, you know, I've done a lot of reflection on my personal journey about the girl I was when I was young. And she was just this little kind of fairy who collected crystals and incense. And she had suns and moons and stars all over her bedroom. And she wore them. And every single birthday, people would say, what do you want for your birthday? And she would say, anything with a sun, a moon or a star on it. That was it. That was it. And luckily, I've had that piece of me to anchor back into and go, that's who I always was. I just came a really long way away from her. So I was coming back home more so and I just had to the adult in me had to be brave enough to indulge it and embrace it oh beautiful I can just picture (laughs) yeah (laughs) asking for those things at your birthday party Mm. so beautiful um okay so let's dive into human design what is human design tell me more it's a good question as well you're full of such good questions better um Okay, human design, for anyone who hasn't heard of it, is a system. It's a wisdom and it's a body of knowledge. I like to think of it as a bit of an oracle. So it's a system that is comprised of astrology, quantum physics, the chakra system, um, the Jewish Kabbalah, and the Chinese I Ching. And essentially, with your birth date, time, and location, you can run a birth chart. Every single human has 
their own unique birth chart. And I used to call this a personality assessment tool. And now I realize how, how incorrect that is because it really um, it takes the soul out of it. It makes it feel a little, a little bit generic. It makes it feel like another kind of Myers-Briggs efficient system, which puts us into these boxes. Human design is this giant wisdom, which guides people to understanding their energy, their challenges, their gifts, their personality. It brings them back into alignment with that authenticity but it also helps them to see the places in which they've been conditioned the places in which they have been merged into society or merged into their family so when you look at your own birth chart what you're going to see is something that looks a bit like a human and it's got nine energy centers and then it's got these 64 gates and there are five types everyone is one of the types and everyone has a collection of definition and that's the colored in sections of your chart and the colored in sections of the chart pull together these stories and these themes and these archetypes that speak into who you are at your most natural essence and what you are here to share with the world and the places in which you are you are challenged where your where your shadows sit and when you look at this chart for the first time you're going to think what on earth does that mean um but you can start i would recommend to everybody there's like layers there are layers to the design start with the type if you want to know if this connects with you if it speaks to you if it feels in resonance find out what your energy type is and start to learn about that and Honestly, I've never heard anybody say anything other than, oh, my God, wow. Like that just spoke to so much of my experience. So it gives you this kind of magical belief for a moment where you go, wow, this system knows me. This system articulates me better than I can articulate myself right now. And it gives you this deep understanding that you are supported. You know, you are supported in life and you've got this by no means is it a fated destiny, but it's um, it differentiates you from everybody else. It's called traditionally the science of differentiation. So that's to say that nothing about your experience as a human being needs to be anything like anybody else's. So, for example, you know, there's so much rhetoric out there in the personal growth world that's saying to us, you must be consistent. You have to do this at this time every single day. And if you do that, you will succeed. And I hear that information now. And I think I know that the person who speaks that is living truly to their design. And I know that in their design, they've got particular energies that, that say that that that's how they perform and that's how they succeed. But I also know that there are so many other people in the world that have energies that oppose that, that have energies that actually, if they try to force themselves into that box, will make them feel like a failure, that will make them feel like, why can't I do this? Why is that person so much better than me? Because you're not designed to be the same. You're not designed to do things in the same way. You're not designed to think things in the same way. So human design gives this, this gives us the words to understand who we are. And it gives us the permission. People often tell me they feel like they had permission when they have their chart read. It gives you permission to go, oh my God, that instinct, that intuition, that voice that wants to do this thing or be that person, 
can trust that now because it's not something I fabricated. It's 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 part of me. It's part of who I am. It's part of myself. So it's a really it's a really giant thing to be able to try and um, explain to somebody. But essentially, it's like a it's like a guidance. People call it like having a soul blueprint, right? It's like the blueprint of your soul, which says you get to be whoever you want to be, and all those natural parts of yourself that you've been suppressing, they're real. How would it feel if you play with them? And this story over there, this shadow over there, that's keeping you held, keeping you back. How would it feel? to let that go and know that it never belonged to you in the first place. It actually belonged to all the people that have been a part of your life. It belonged to the journey you've taken. It belongs to society because society loves to put us in boxes and loves to create a path for us all to, you know, find this easy model of success. But now so many people are going, oh, I feel restricted. I feel confused. I feel like I'm trapped in a box and this success doesn't really feel like success to me because you're not doing it your way. You're not doing it in alignment with your authenticity. And human design is going to, it gives us those words to understand ourselves as humans, unique, not just uniquely, not just individually, but on a whole kind of broader collective level as well. Yes, I agree. I know. <laughs> I know maybe a layer and a half. So there's so much to learn. And I remember having my first human design reading with you and I was exactly what you shared. I was blown away. I was as if someone said, relax, like you are, and these are different parts of you that you can play with and express and like, and you're, you can, you can give yourself permission to follow that calling or follow that voice. Um, so I would love for you to just share an example. You can either use me or yourself, um, as just the energy type. So people can understand like, Oh, that's interesting. Or, um, yeah, maybe they want to learn more themselves. Yes. So there are five energy types for aura types. And just to give you the names of them, it's the manifester who make up 9% of the population, the generator who make up around 37%, manifesting generator make up around 33%, the projector, which is better and I, they make up around 20% and the reflector, which makes up around 1%. So I'm going to speak into the projector. Better and I are both projectors. And at 20%, it's really worth bearing in mind that when you discover yourself to be a projector, 80% of the world are not like you just based on your energy type alone. A lot of projectors come to this work because the projectors, the newest of all the types, they came around in 1781 and they are here. When you're a new energy type, you land in the world. It's actually a little bit difficult because the conditioning is to be as per the generator. Right. So the generators make up 70 percent of the population in total. Projectors are what we call gentle guides. They're natural leaders and they don't have energy um, to actually consistently perform and output work. So the sacral center, which is defined in the body, is defined only by generators. Now, if you have your sacral center open, you're one of the other types, but the one I'm speaking into here, the projector, 
in particular, um, doesn't have energy to work and work and work and give and give and give and do and do and do. Bearing in mind, the projector has been raised in a world whereby that is what we do. That is how we live. That's the belief system. So the projector gets born into the world and they get put straight into the system, which is like, now you go to school five days a week. The projector is really tired, but they're absorbing all of this energy from all of the generators around them. And they almost get to behave like superhuman because you're receiving in. That's what we do. Where you're open, you're receiving. And you get to receive that energy and think that it's yours and your body and start to amplify it and express it in an even bigger capacity because the system tells you if you don't do things then you're a failure if you don't have energy you're not good enough if you can't perform like everybody else you're never going to make it in life so the projector actually learns to do more and work harder and be faster and they get to a point in life usually plus 30 when they suddenly start to think, this isn't really working. Like I feel so tired or I, I just feel so bitter. I'm depleted and parts of my body don't really want to play this game anymore. And I know there's an easier way than this. And there is because projectors are actually here to be extremely efficient. They're here to work in far less time and then to actually have more space in their days for rest, for freedom, for play, for joy, for study. It's a very intellectual process if you're a projector. There's a lot of learning involved. They're here to master systems and they're here to actually, projectors find it very difficult to know themselves. They see everybody else and this is how they, they give, this is their gift. A projector could walk into a room, for example, um, if they have mastered this particular system or this knowledge, and everybody could be working. All the generators are working because that's their role here, right? They're outputting, they're expressing energy. And the projector is here to come in and see efficiency and spot the gaps and to look at what everybody's doing and say, maybe we could do it differently. We don't have to do it that way. And they're here to deliver that insight and to share that wisdom and to guide with their knowledge. But they're not here to continue everything and to say, oh, I'll help you change that and build that and do that. It's a totally different way of using and expressing energy. And the trap, if you like, for projectors, once that you learn you are a projector, it's actually to embody that is not so easy because you're carrying a lifetime of conditioning physically in your cells that doesn't know how to not work and doesn't know how to not do and doesn't believe that it's safe to rest or to play or to guide. And then you've got to start moving through those stories and overcoming those parts of yourself because there's a higher you that when it hears this information goes, oh, thank God. Oh, yes. Thank you. I knew I knew there was another way. And, you know, when I refer also back to the little me, little me always, always said she just wanted to retire really early. She knew she had to make money because she knew she had to retire because she knew that retirement meant I get to play. I get to learn. I get to. I get to like engage in activity. It's not that we don't want to do things, but we want freedom and space and energy to do things in the way that 
that, that feels good to us. We don't want to be forced in this box of like, I've got to work 40 hours a week and be really, really tired to show that I can be successful. It doesn't work. And your body starts to really, really show that level of resistance when you've been doing it. You need to listen after a while as a projector. So there's a, it's a really good example of showing that there is another way and that we're not all here to just live inside the box of do, 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 have, 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 like force, force, force. We're not all, in fact, I would say none of us are actually here to live like that, but it's nuanced as to the way that you will express your, your version of achieving success without, without that, basically. I hear so much (laughs) and it's interesting when you have a reading or when you learn about your design and you start to pick up things that people have said about you or have told you and and maybe have created opportunities for you because they recognize that in you and the most helpful thing that I've learned is as a projector it's really hard to say no that's, that's my people pleasing. And as a projector, that's the hardest thing to learn is to say no to the things that are not in alignment because mm-hmm. the leaking of energy is not going to be sustainable and it's not going to actually work for the other person in the end. So you're actually creating a, a disconnect when you people please it's the actual reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're so conditioned to say yes to things and please in that immediate gratification. And then when you do the work and when you start creating the opportunities with that person or that organization, then it, then it is a no in itself. And Mm so it's almost, it's the hard work up front to understand as a projector, what to say no to, what to say yes to. And then Mm -hmm. it's creating those boundaries and creating the work for yourself. That's going to actually be fulfilling and effective like you shared so yeah it's so incredible it's so I love how you described it as layers because I really I think the same way I mean every time I hear about it I'm like oh there's a reminder there's a thing there's that's when I want to learn more about in myself um Mm. and so it's permission but it's also like a door I feel it it's like a, a door that you're opening within yourself it is exactly like opening a door within yourself. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's giving yourself that freedom to be who you've always known yourself to be at your core and to to trust it, you know. Mm-hmm. So when the little human in you says, we can't trust this, the, the words are there for you to go, oh, that just feels right in my heart. That feels right in my soul. So, yeah. So speaking of heart and soul. Mm. There's a piece of leadership that I am, am most drawn to that I feel like is, yes, in this spiritual world, in the spiritual industry, but it's really lacking elsewhere in terms of education and understanding that there is another way to lead. There are parts of yourself that you can be a leader with. And, and I truly believe that's your heart, that's love. And um I've seen that in you. I've seen that in your writing, how you express yourself, how you coach, how you guide and your relationships. And so I would love to hear from you. Is that something that you had to learn about yourself? Do you Mm -hmm. consciously lead with love? How is that showing up for you? Yeah. um, 
A good question too, because I like that you asked, do I consciously lead with love? I would say that it wasn't necessarily something I was consciously doing. No, it was, I realized now who I'm attracted to in, in life, in the, in the business world, in the professional world, in any, any area, I'm naturally drawn to those people who are coming from the heart space, who are, who are leading with love, who are guiding with love, but actually a part of my journey um, I had had really traumatic experiences with love and with other people and in relationships. And that has actually continued to be a part of my healing, which is to heal um, those walls that we create around the heart. Right. So that's been a big part of my personal life, more so than my professional life, I would say. Um, and I realize now that I was always leading with love because, because of the road I'd taken, because of the journey I've experienced, because I was raised in that way. Luckily, I was raised absolutely to be in a family full of love. You know, I was I was raised around love. So I think it was very natural and inherent in me to come from that space and to not realize, oh, that's what I do. That's what I give. Because if it's natural and inherent in you, sometimes you don't recognize those things about yourself. You assume that everybody comes from that place and people don't people come from different intentions and different spaces but for me moving into coaching for example it was natural for me to be in love with my clients and in love with my work and in love with my writing because it was such a real deep part of who I was and who I'd always been and then what I'd experienced and what I'd overcome so you can't not have compassion for yourself and other people uh, once you've been through that journey of life so I'd say that it wasn't necessarily conscious because I think that many of our gifts can be unconscious it's not until someone reflects them or it's not until we recognize what we are not, that we recognize what we are, that we can expand upon that and embrace it more deeply. So that's what I would say about the second question. You asked me a first question. Can you remind me what it was? So I wanted to answer that too. It was, um, if it'll come back to me, something along the lines of, why do you think that's not known outside of the spiritual world? Yes. Why do I think it's not known to to lead from heart? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is I think that it's because of the deep, deep, deep conditioning that we've experienced as a collective and as a society, which there's a lot of conversation these days around the masculine and the feminine energies that we all uh have inside of us but how we have very much we are emerging from a time whereby the masculine was very 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 dominant and everything that we were trying to achieve as humans was about let's create this as big and as fast as possible let's dominate let's have power let's have control let's have structure and the feminine obviously when we look through history was more suppressed. The feminine energy wasn't, it wasn't necessarily seen as being this powerful force that could achieve things. So we are now emerging into this time in this space in life whereby it's like, hey, we need both. The woman, the feminine energy is just as powerful and as strong as the masculine. And in fact, what 
who are we without love? Who are we without emotion? Who are we without feeling? Look at the force of what we can create when we are coming from that space of being woman. And I don't just mean woman. I mean, like the feminine exists inside all of us, but the, the woman creates life. The woman gives birth to children. And now what we're seeing is that we don't just give birth to humans and to life. We birth our businesses. We birth our ideas. We birth our relationships. It's like these um, businesses that we create, this purpose that we have, it comes through us. And it's an experience that can be like birth, which is to say it can be confusing. It can be painful. It can be challenging. And then what you get on the other side of that is this baby, you know, that is part of you. And it's the same actually with your business. Mm -hmm. So why I would say I don't feel like it's really been recognized and acknowledged is because the feminine was so suppressed for such a long time. And actually now the realization is not only can we have both, but we need both. You know, there's such a place for all of it. And, and the feminine is really the, the leader of heart. The feminine is where, you know, we really bring that energy of love into what we do. Um, so, yeah, for me, I would say that's probably another reason why I almost unconsciously was leading from that space because I'm naturally very feminine. I have I, I would lean more into my feminine than my masculine. I would say that when I was in my corporate career, I was probably leaning more into my masculine. And these days I lean more in that feminine space. So that's another reason why perhaps it was unconscious to me that I was giving that because um, I was just coming from that feminine inside of me. And I learned to, on this journey that I've been taking, I learned to dance again and sing again and cook and I learned to play. And so when you're sitting in that space of being that projector who does these things really naturally your heart's going to be more open you know but I would say that also the heart has been and continues to be the biggest healing for me in my in my personal journey oh I I agree with you I think so much of the feminine and the masculine are needed in society mm. in work and play and relationships and um it, it's really been an adventure seeing how the feminine is actually rising to meet the masculine and where, where things are shifting um, for everyone. And so I so appreciate you. I appreciate who you are, what you're doing. <laughs> and I would love for you to share how people can find you, how you work with individuals and if there's anything else that you'd like to share as well. Yes, I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate you better so much. Just to reflect back to you that you are absolutely someone who leads and guides with heart and it's just kind of radiating through you. And better and I actually connected on Instagram like a couple of years now, I'm not sure. And um it's funny, isn't it? In all the world, in all the people, in all the users on Instagram, you just kind of gravitate towards the people that are there for you. So it's so nice to be having this conversation today. Um, where can people find me? My business name is Soul Stories HD, and that's the website, and that's also the Instagram. And just to also make clear, there's a lot of like fake accounts being set up on Instagram at the moment that I've recently had some trouble with. It's Soul Stories HD, no punctuation, no spaces, no nothing. Um, the way that people can work with me. So at the moment, the way I'm working with people is 
I no longer do single human design sessions and readings. I do packages. And at the moment, those are four weeks and four months. And the reason I do packages is because transformation takes a little bit of commitment and devotion to yourself. And I'm most passionate about staying with people on the journey of deconditioning, on the journey of moving through those cycles. I love getting to know my clients on a deeper level and supporting them not only with the information of human design, but actually supporting them to integrate that, to embody that and to bring it into their life and to work through those sticky mindsets stories and beliefs and to work through the trauma that's lived in the body that we're now ready to release. So yes, at the moment I'm working with people on four weeks and four month journeys, and that's to really integrate their human design, to step into their purpose and to raise the level of power and belief that they hold for themselves so that they can create the life that they desire, you know, whatever that be. Um, I'm also starting to set up actually, I'm setting up a, a container for projectors, which is coming out this week or next week. I'm not sure. I'm a projector, so I can never fully commit to when the work will be finished, but um, probably this week or next week. And I'm going to start to emerge into containers where I bring, bring people into small community spaces where we work together to, for me, a big part of the entrepreneur journey. Um, there were places I found it really lonely, actually, because like I let go of a life, a country, people, people, so many things. And you do find yourself at moments on that journey where it's a little bit lonely, you know, and you go, oh, where are my people now? So I'm very passionate about bringing people together, finding those connections and bringing people into spaces where they can be seen and recognized and, and share in the experience. So that's now what I'm starting to move slowly into. Um, but yeah, you can find, I mean, I'm active on Instagram. So that's the space I use for kind of education and entertainment. You can find me on there to connect. Mm. And your newsletter is amazing. Yeah, so my, on the website, you can just literally subscribe and I send out emails kind of sporadically as and when I have something to say. And those are much the same. I One of the things, one of the gifts that I've most loved coming to through this journey is writing. I didn't know how much I loved writing and I do. I love it so much. And it's, a, it's one of the ways I connect with my community. So if you subscribe to my newsletter, then you're going to get longer form writing to enjoy. I really enjoy it. I hope you never see <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Especially because I'm a projector and I just, and I, at times I'm like, I am experiencing this exact thing. How did she <laughs> that I'm thinking? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so beautiful and so worthy and your work is incredible. I hope that, you know, more and more people get exposed to you because, um, it's really powerful. It's powerful stuff. And it's hard. It's hard to do and hard mm. to find people that will create that safe and loving space. So thank you so much, Sarah. This was such a thank joy. And <laughs> yeah. We'll continue, but thank you everyone yeah. for listening and stay tuned for more. Thank you friends for listening. I hope you received new insight and curiosity around yourself and your human design. And Sarah is an incredible resource. If you want to find out more, I really highly suggest that you follow her on Instagram, go to her website, which will be in the show notes. 
have a marvelous rest of your day or night. Love you always.